Welcome to Empathy Power Up, a collaboration of two people who connected during the pandemic through their love of empathy and action. Two people from very different backgrounds, helping each other find ways to love themselves, understand their experiences better, and help reverse the rise of narcissism and the divides in our communities. We will cover various topics about the human experience to help us power up on tools of empathy and emotional intelligence in the pursuit of one simple goal, create a world where people seek to understand themselves and each other. This is a learning journey amongst fellow humans. We're all just figuring out life together. In 2005, I watched in horror as Hurricane Katrina ravaged the U.S. Gulf Coast. I had an important decision to make. Should I stay in the comfort of my home or join AmeriCorps as a team leader to lead the recovery and rebuilding of the hurricane-ravaged coast? As I was talking to my mentor at the time, one of them shared with me this quote. You are not here merely to make a living. You are here to make the world live more amply with a finer spirit of hope and achievement. You are here to enrich the world and you impoverish yourself if you forget this errand. Mm. After hearing this quote, I really felt like I was sold on the idea of going down, leaving my comfy comforts at home and accepted the position and I braved the unknown and I went to go lead a team of 10, 18 to 24 year olds to lead the gutting operations of St. Bernard Parish, Louisiana. And eventually I led a rebuilding project to build 50 homes in four months in the same parish. So when I sat down to write my book, Empathy for Change, I was reminded of why I was called to serve in the first place and really uncovered at the heart of it is what I see is both empathy and taking action. Yeah, I think that's such a great story to reflect on. And, and as you said, you, you've reflected on the story often and you come back to it. And this idea that we're talking about today is this idea of um, how do we find the motivation to change? And, and I think the story reflects to me so strongly is that it's it's that meaning it's that purpose that motivates and motivated you to make a change and step outside of your comfort zone and i think that's so powerful because i i do think that change and growth and and impact can happen when we step outside our comfort zone and and the question came to you and your mentor gave you such a interesting advice and so powerful that drove you to go do something and build 50 homes in four months with the team. And I think that's just an, an, an amazingly impactful um, way to show that what you did at the basis of it were values like empathy and taking action and impact. And you pushed yourself out outside their comfy, like you said, like comfy, high uh, opportunities and, and comfort, comfortable living into a space where you were just unknown in that, like you said, even, you know, going in, brave the unknown. And I think that's so powerful. And I think it's so important to understand our needs and reflect on them. And I think that sort of moment when we think about what are our needs, what are my needs that I'm not getting fulfilled, that not being met, and those needs can help sort of 
guide guide us and has gu- guided me to finding the motivation to change, to find the motivation to grow. Um, I, I, I was thinking like when I was graduating from school and I was like, yes, I'm great. And I was learning and I was uh, done with college and I went to uh, get a job and I thought I was growing and changing, but in reality, I was still in the fixed mindset. I was in the belief like, oh yeah, I'm learning on the job, but at the same time, I am really strong in my beliefs and I understand what the world is when I was unaware and Mm -hmm. I didn't have that motivation to change. And I think your story sort of reflects that is that when you sort of understood the need and the match with your values, I think it brought you to this new space that is just the unknown and to more awareness, to more growth. And I think that brought it brings joy. Did did do you, let me ask you? Did you? How did you feel reflecting on the story? Do you feel? What are your feelings that come to you? Well, I it's fascinating because I I I actually it was a time when I was living. It was a lot of trauma in in mm-hmm. my life. Um, the overall experience of being in AmeriCorps, I served in. It's kind of AmeriCorps called the National Civilian Community Corps. Mm-hmm. And it is a team-based service. So it's different than just being like, you know, one single person being put out and doing a project. Um, but uh, so I think about that, that kind of traumatic experience of being like, okay, now you're leading a team. I'm 24 at the time. Um, I'm now leading a team of 10, 18 to 24-year-olds. And I'm now also in being sent in August heat where it's 110 degrees Fahrenheit and I'm being sent to lead gutting operations uh, where you're wearing full face respirators and Tyvek suits. Mm. But I don't think, (laughs) I don't think that you're asking me about that experience. I think you're really asking me about like that sense of like, like desire to go and help. Like, I don't think I've ever had a pool that great before I think I can think of maybe like three or four times in my life where I've literally been like, yes, that I want to do that. And, uh, I guess you could call it change. Right. (laughs) But I just, it was like, I was very young at the time. Um, and I just was like, yes, I want to do that because that's going to give the most help the most people and my, my small world that I was in. Got it. And, And I think that's so interesting because again, I think the values come in help the most people, your desire, that was something, a big pull. And you you shared, like, as you were reflecting from what I heard is like, it was an incredibly uncomfortable physical experience, which leads to a challenging mental, emotional experience. But sounds like, and please correct me if I'm misunderstanding, when you reflect back, you it's a moment that you're proud of, the moment that you're, brings you joy. Is that true? Um, well, it's interesting. I, I think it's, um, I'm still working through the joy part. I think Mm. it's part about like a sense of pride Mm. where I, I sat down and I, I cared. I was just like, I, I did something right. Like I was taking action, you know, and I wasn't just sitting back and letting it unfold in front of me. So I think that that's interesting in modern day world that we're in. Um, and I think when I think about it, like when I was in AmeriCorps, we actually take this oath and it's, um, this oath called the AmeriCorps pledge. 
And it was it's writ was written in the 1990s when AmeriCorps became a project, um, became a thing through the in the Clinton administration. And I'm just going to say it now because it's really interesting because it gave me kind of like this roadmap to go with. And at the time, I was you know impressionable and thinking about where what's my place in the world and change. And it and it goes like this: I will get things done for America to make our people safer, smarter, and healthier. I will bring Americans together to strengthen our communities. Faced with apathy, I will take action. Faced with conflict, I will seek common ground. Faced with adversity, I will persevere. I will carry this commitment with me this year and beyond. I am an AmeriCorps member and I will get things done. Mm. So that's the, that's the pledge. And it's, really fascinating because I, when I joined it, I was just 24, like I was saying before. And this was baked into our process. It was like our North star. And it gave me this roadmap for me to like live my life and feel like I'm an agent of change. So it was like, when I start seeing apathy, for example, I'm going to start taking action. When I'm faced with adversity, I'm going to persevere. I'm going to keep pushing forward. Or like faced with conflict, I will seek common ground. And I think this sense that AmeriCorps Pledge has from the 1990s is just is something that gave me that roadmap. And um, also something that the a kind of language that I can use that in hard times when I am doing the hard thing, I'm going to keep keep pushing forward. And I've been kind of on this journey to seek common ground, persevere and take action. Um, live. I've been living these words either consciously or subconsciously in my life. Yeah, I think that's like, as I'm absorbing this, what's it's really interesting is these, this pledge is sort of like that roadmap of values that drove you to keep being that agent of change, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important um, to first understand that change, we've talked about this in our previous episodes, but change comes from within. I can't force someone else to change. And trust me, I've tried with my mom, I've tried like, and then I realized, okay, what am I doing? And I, I realized change when people change, it has to be a self-motivation. It has to come from within. And we've, this is something that we, we talk about very commonly. And I think that motivation to change is critical. And a question that would come up is, well, so how do I get that motivation? I, I I want to change, but I'm I'm feel the inertia to change state is difficult. And I'll I'll share the story. Like my husband, he when he's comfortable in the bed, and he's just like, oh, I'm warm and comfortable and nice. And in the morning we have to wake up. It takes him a long time to get out of bed because mm-hmm. change of state is difficult. And I'm using this micro example, this microscopic example, because I couldn't understand it because I would just jump. I would just jump to um, to the, um, question of like, wait, I got out of bed. Why can't you? And that was unempathetic, but I started understanding that perspective is that sometimes change is difficult and accepting that. Yes, change is difficult. Changing state from one to the other is a big challenge, but finding that roadmap, like you said, and, and aligning it with the values that we have can help us support that change and understand that. So the way I look at it is, First, I look at what are my values? What are the core fundamental beliefs that I truly stand by that have stood the test of time for me? 
Um, and the way I think about it is I reflect on the last time I had to make a tough decision. Last time I had to um, make a choice that was maybe in the ethical gray area or make a choice that didn't have a clear binary black and white or a zero or one. And I then reflect on what were the values I used in those when making that decision? When I, what was the outcome? How does that outcome reflect on my values? Did my values stand the test of time? Did I perform in that? And when we do that, I think what happened to me is it gave me that motivation. It's like, I stand by my values. I work hard to be myself in all spaces and be authentic. And that is the start for me that started that motivation to change. And then the next step was, all right, understanding what, how, what is the safe way to change, which is, okay, where can I stay safe? Because fear is what a lot of us, it drives humanity in a lot of ways. And safety is something that we all sort of inherently look for. Life looks for safety, I believe. And so when we go into this moment of what is the next step that can help me be safer? So in this example, my, my husband, I'll bring him a bathrobe to keep him warm. So then, oh, getting out of bed, he can still slowly change state. Uh, but he can jump out of bed quickly when, when he's like, oh, I'm late. I'm running late for work or I have an appointment or I have a meeting. And he'll jump because there's purpose, there's meaning. So aligning our values and aligning my values to a purpose, to a meaning, then and and comes back to the value again because I like making impact. And my purpose is how do I keep making an impact, a positive impact in the world? And how do I approach that? And that sort of drives me. So I think finding that intersection of values that sort of align with our meaning and purpose can definitely be uh, that motivation to change and how to get there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I also think that that when you, with that story and it's a good story of like everyday practical, like um, like empathy, practical, like use of like change, like of just like a, something you can change in the moment. For example, um, when you're with somebody that like you have to build some understanding into that, like they have a different you know, whether it's just like, I like to stay in bed a little bit longer and that, that brings joy to me, or I wake up a little slower and you're different. Right. Um, mm -hmm. I also think about this idea of like, the idea of like having this, um, there is this phrase in the AmeriCorps pledge where it says, I will carry this commitment with me this year and beyond. And I think that idea of like that, this commitment to change, um, is really interesting too, is like, and I think it's underlying that the whole story that you were just saying about, about your, um, your engagement with your husband in the sense that you were making a commitment to being empathetic and having humility and caring for this other human that's in your life. Um, yeah. you know, so yeah, that's, yeah. That's and, and I think, I think that that's also what an insight that that comes out of this is this uh, the fact that sometimes we're really harsh on ourselves, uh, and I this has this used to happen with my husband as well. He's like, oh, like why can't I just get out of bed? And oh, you can do it. And that comparison comes in, and that sort of that negative narcissism, all of those sort of negative thoughts start taking control. So I think one thing I learned is not being harsh on myself, not being like if I'm having trouble changing state from one state to the other or having trouble with something. I, accepting that because like that's still who I am. I'm it's okay. And when we do that, it makes it easier. 
when, when, when I was harsh to myself, it made it harder to change. It made it that motivation was mm-hmm. somewhere lost in the negativity and that self-hate because I'm like, oh, why is this happening to me? I'm terrible and this and that. And then it, it sort of is a, it, it, it's a self-fulfilling, self-fulfilling prophecy in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Like just being like that idea of like having that idea of like, what is your motivation change? But then also at the same time, how are you like, making that commitment to over and over again to this person that you have um and the the engagement that you're having um so i think that's that's critical to um this idea of motivation to change as well yeah and, and so perfect. and yeah. so you the pledge that you took so many years ago and and what you said 1998 um it was well the 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 Pledge was made in the 1990s. 90s, um, I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I took it when I was, it was in 2006 when I was Got in. It. Yeah. And so since then, so much has grown and changed. How how do you now think about that pledge and how is it, how do you feel like it's sort of evolved for you? Yeah, uh, well, a few months ago, I was invited to this newly formed group that's in the government called the U.S. Digital Corps. And I was brought in to facilitate part of the orientation that they had. And my my goal was to build community among this cohort of people who have never met each other before. Um, so the Digital Core is inspired by programs like AmeriCorps, but it's bringing in this new technology or digital talent into government that, and it's badly in need of fresh and younger perspectives. like. That's one of the biggest um, existential problems happening in government. We don't have enough younger generations joining. So each of the core members gets to serve for two years at their host agency, and they bring their particular strengths to help them kind of in a in the in this world of an increasingly competitive and digital world that we've been building and growing in um, in a bigger way. And so in this, orientation, um, I had set the intentions to have have discussions around what is our identity, uh, what is our purpose in the world, how do we bring that to what, what we do every day. And then finally, I circled back around um, and, and asked them, how might we be of service at the agencies that we're going to be working with? And that uh, the activity I facilitated um, was being like, okay, presenting this this 1990s AmeriCorps pledge and asking what it might look like in today's world, and uh, and and so we're what we really what what I was like doing, and it was interesting. I was doing it as just being like, what is our shared value system? But it's really interesting because it's like it's kind of a nice refresh on like what we need to do. Cause you know, there's lots of things in there that I would probably have. It doesn't necessarily age well per se (laughs) in some ways. So, and so there's a refresh that's kind of needed for today's world. So when I talked to the the digital core members or just the the core members, um, we talked about sharing power, bringing our identities into work, centering the work our work on equity and justice and um then also that power that we have as technologists 
and government leaders to help shape the world. So at the end of the day, this conversation kind of tur turned into a modern take of what it means to be of service. And it's really going to stick with me for a long time to come. And I am still processing it months later. Um, and I hope that when I have gotten thank you notes from people saying that it's really sticking with them and they feel really connected to the mission and what they're doing because of this work that we did that first week. Wow. I love that. And I think what you said, the mission the, the, and all these members that are still writing to you because they're connected to the mission. And I think this is fundamentally where we're getting at is aligning our values, understanding that, and then aligning them to a mission. Ideally, that's driving a positive impact with awareness, meaning if we're impacting a certain community, that community is part of this conversation. They're part of the team that we are supporting them. We are not centering ourselves in those moments, but we're driving towards a mission together or a mission that can help motivate that. So next time when I, I feel like even in the micro moments, and I think those micro moments add up, when we're feeling difficult to change, what I do is I'm like, okay, what's my next mission? And it can be even a small mission, like brushing my teeth, but it's like setting that mission and aligning it with like the the next goal has been really powerful for me to change. So asking our audience, asking all the people listening a question, and we always end with a question. And today, I think what we're asking you is, what what has motivated you to change in the past? And, and what is your current change purpose? Empathy Power Up is produced by Amy J. Wilson and Kevin Shaw, two people who bonded over their love for creating a deeper sense of empathy in the world. You can reach Amy at Real Amy J. Wilson and Kevin at Shaw Kevin. <laughs>